Hello again and welcome into another episode of the Lion's Edge podcast. Brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chase Kitty. Pretty quick episode here for you today. Uh, as we continue the march towards Super Bowl 57, which is going to be next Sunday, 10 days from now. Really excited to see Chiefs-Eagles. Somebody's going to get a second Super Bowl in the last five years. going to be exciting to see who it is. Uh, I'm not going to give you the granular updates on every little bit of line movement every time we meet between now and next Sunday. I will do a full reset the table on the odds, the line movement, the ticket count, all that stuff in next Monday's episode. So stick around for that. Uh, Really what I wanted to do today is just focus on the Super Bowl MVP market. So pretty quick episode today. Uh, Naturally, Super Bowl MVP starts at quarterback. You cannot start a conversation about this market without talking about Hurts and Mahomes. Quarterback is the center of the conversation when we're talking about this award, which is why the numbers are so deflated. Jalen Hurts plus 110 right now at BetMGM to win the award. Patrick Mahomes plus 125. Those numbers are easy enough to understand. Because the Eagles are small favorites, and the most likely outcome if the Eagles win the Super Bowl is Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the Eagles, is your Super Bowl MVP. On the other hand, if Mahomes and the Chiefs win as slight, slight underdogs, the most likely outcome is Mahomes winning Super Bowl MVP for the second time. So, there you go. Hurts plus 110, Mahomes plus 125. Pretty easy to understand why those two numbers are what they are. Now, if we're going by strict odds math, Hertz plus 110 and Mahomes plus 125 accounts for 92% of all outcomes in the marketplace. That's where I think we have an interesting opening to talk about because... I'm not convinced that it's that dramatic in the two quarterbacks' favors. And recent history doesn't really tell me I'm right. You know, the history of this award in the 21st century is that the quarterback wins with rare exception. But we are starting to see small sample size here the last four years. We are seeing some slide away from that kind of status quo. When you look at Julian Edelman winning uh, Super Bowl 53. That was that awful Rams-Patriots game. Uh, Cooper Cup winning last year with eight catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. You go back to Super Bowl 50, which was the uh, Broncos-Panthers low-scoring affair. That one went to Von Miller because it couldn't possibly go to Peyton Manning's noodle arm. Malcolm Smith, uh, the... Seattle-Denver beatdown about 10 years ago. You knew that one was going to go to a defensive player because it was just so one side and Seattle's defense was so good. Malcolm Smith ends up winning it because he had a pick six, a fumble recovery, and 10 tackles. So those are some recent non-quarterback wins, four in the last 10 years or so. But pretty much everybody else is a quarterback. Tom Brady, Mahomes, Nick Foles, Tom Brady again, Tom Brady again. Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Eli Manning again, Peyton Manning. It's a lot of quarterbacks. So you are you're definitely buying a flyer if you're thinking about 
buying somebody that's not Mahomes or Hurts. But I do think it is worth a shot because of what some of these numbers are. And I want to get into that now uh, because I think the number one ticket to buy if you want to buy somebody that's not Hurts and not Mahomes is Kelsey. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, Travis Kelsey was questionable and a game-time decision in the AFC Championship game because of back spasms. He had back spasms throughout the week and then kind of some lower back tightness closer to the game. As somebody that recently experienced back spasms for the first time, it's not fun, but it, it does go away after a couple of days. So if he has two weeks to heal up, I think he's probably good to go for the Super Bowl. I wouldn't expect any sort of injury designation. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but that is how I'm handicapping his specific health issue, assuming there's not something else there that we don't know about. He hasn't missed a game outside of a COVID positive since his rookie season. So I think he's pretty durable. I think he's going to be good to go. 11 to 1 is a pretty good price here, given how extremely on the same page these two guys have been this season. I think, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about props next week, but like Kelsey, anytime touchdown, seems like an automatic play. Uh, the question here is just kind of, is he going to get multiple touchdowns? And he's had quite a few games this year where he has, including the one that we all remember, I think it was Monday Night Football, where he had four touchdowns in one game. Any kind of multi-touchdown game for Kelsey, and he's automatically kind of center of the conversation for Super Bowl MVP. I think 11-1 to 1 is a pretty good price here. I think you're actually getting some, some funky, hey, a tight end has never won Super Bowl MVP pricing bump here, when really they shouldn't be pricing this like, oh, it's a tight end. They should be pricing it like, oh, it's Travis Kelsey. So I think 11 to 1 is a good number there. On the Kansas City side, I'm not really sure I want to buy anybody outside of Kelsey or Mahomes. On a practical level, I'm not sure anybody else can even really win the award. Uh, I think narratively, Kansas City is so heavily identified as a freak offensive team. It's going to be really hard for a guy like Chris Jones to win this award. And this kind of like... Kind of like NBA MVP, this is such a narrative award. And so you have to keep that in mind when you're like identifying and pricing out guys. I just don't see a guy like Chris Jones being your Super Bowl MVP for Kansas City. And I think game script wise, I'm not sure that that's the sort of game Kansas City is going to be in a good position to win anyway. So for me, you're buying Mahomes at plus 125 or you're buying Kelsey at 11 to 1 if you like the Kansas City side of things. And for Mahomes plus 125, I'd say just buy the Chiefs money line ticket. Like if you like Mahomes to win Super Bowl MVP, just buy Chiefs to win. I I don't I don't I would much rather like you, what an asshole you're going to feel like if you're sitting there holding a Mahomes, uh, you know, a Mahomes Super Bowl MVP ticket, and the Chiefs win, but it's one of these weird circumstances where somebody else wins the Super Bowl MVP. So I, I think Mahomes is kind of a no bet here. I think Kelsey's really the only guy that's worth buying. 
because of how the market shakes out and the power of the narrative and the number and all of that together. I wouldn't buy Mahomes at plus 125. He's obviously live to win it. But if you like Mahomes, I would just rather have the Chiefs to win. On the Philadelphia side, it's a much more interesting conversation uh, because Philadelphia is newer, it's shinier, it's deeper. They're good in more ways than Kansas City is. They're a more balanced team. So for those reasons, and we talked about the power of narrative in this award, for those reasons, there's more players live to win this on the Philadelphia side. Let's start with Jalen Hurts. If I'm Nick Sirianni, I don't want the Super Bowl to turn into a quarterback duel because that favors Kansas City. That's like the only game script that does favor Kansas City. They have the better guy. So if I'm the Eagles, I want this game to, a little bit, to be a little bit slower. Uh, I want them to feel the strength of my offensive line. I want to wear them down late. I want to harass Mahomes, who's still going to be a little bit limited in the pocket, maybe more sackable especially since Philadelphia has better pass rush pieces than Jacksonville or Cincinnati. They're going to be much better at collapsing the pocket than those two teams. So I'm not saying that Hurts can't win it, but I'm not sure I want his ticket at plus 110. I think, if again, if you like Hurts to win MVP, just bet the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Uh, because there's no, you know, it's not like you have any value in like, there's no situation where a Hurts wins MVP, but the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. At plus 110, there's not a lot of value there. Just bet the Eagles to win. This market, the way it breaks down this year, it's a market to take shots with. So we're looking for value down the table past the two quarterbacks. And in terms of raw value, Let's look at a couple names here. I don't think Miles Sanders is a totally awful ticket at 30-1. to 1. Uh, We haven't had a running back win Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis in the 1990s at Super Bowl 32. It's been 25 years. The narrative irrelevance of running backs probably works against them on net. Uh, I think there's a hypothetical point where a running back performance is so good it actually comes back around and their general irrelevance becomes an asset in a specific situation. Like if you're watching a game and a running back unexpectedly has like 130 yards and a touchdown and it's you know only late in the third quarter, you're kind of going, wow, great running back game, huh? Like this, this feels so novel in 2023. How vintage. Uh, that I think is kind of what I mean. Like it, it almost comes around and, and becomes an asset for them. Uh, if it's if it's a great game, but for the most part, modern running backs are anonymous, and few are more anonymous in their excellence than Sanders is. Four point nine yards per carry on the season, eleven touchdowns. It feels like we never ever talk about him. Like all the different ways we try to parse Philadelphia's greatness, Sanders doesn't get a lot of love. He's just so anonymous. So I, I think in terms of game script, like you could do worse than Miles Sanders. It just feels to me like. He's not going to get the love he deserves for a market like this. Uh, if you're looking at 30-1 to 1 tickets, I think the much more interesting name is uh, Hassan Reddick. I think it's really interesting that he's the highest defensive player in the MVP table at BetMGM. I think it's interesting that he's 30-1 to 1 rather than like 60-1 to 1 or 80-1. to 1. Two weeks ago, he was 250-1. to 1. 96 hours ago, before the NFC Championship game, he was 100-1. to And now he's 
30 to 1. That's a pretty aggressive move. And it's a movement that didn't happen because of some huge liability. This isn't some $150,000 bet that somebody placed. And so now his odds are, are way higher up in the table because, you know, they're, the sportsbook's trying to account for some kind of liability. It's nothing like that. Barely a blip in action on him. He's It's 2% of the overall handle. This is the sportsbook going on offense. They are watching him play and moving his odds off of the tape that he has put on the field because he is killing people. Sacks in big moments, uh, pressuring the pocket, forcing the fumble against the 49ers. He's just playing really well. And so I think it's interesting. He's not necessarily the guy with the highest name ID on defense in this game. Not even sure he's the guy with the highest name ID on the Eagles defense. But because of his play... He's at 30 to 1 right now, and the sports book is again, they're kind of going on offense, moving him up like this. There's no big liability that they're trying to cover. I just think that's really interesting. As I say a lot, the number is everything, and this number is very curious. Uh, it's a ticket that I'm buying. This is not like an I'm thinking about doing it, I'm doing it uh, because the number's telling me I should take him seriously. Let's look at a couple other guys here. Um, what would it take for a receiver to win this award for Philadelphia? Uh, Cup had 92 yards and two touchdowns last year, like I mentioned. Uh, that included a, a pretty clutch one late that essentially won the game. In a moderate scoring game, would one of them need 140 and a touchdown, uh, 110 and two touchdowns? Either guy could do that. Uh, Smith, in particular, feels like he burns really hot when he's on. He's sitting there at 25 to 1. I don't hate that either. I'm not sure I'm actually going to buy it, but it, I see the path for it. Um, if you like this this receiver trend that we're seeing the last four or five years, uh, I would go Devontae Smith over anybody else. Last note that I have on this market, really interesting observation that I made. Um, and and it's, there's not a lot you can do off of this, but it is something to keep in mind because it's really interesting. Gardner Minshew's 125-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, to win Super Bowl MVP, I should say. Uh, 125 to 1 to win for Gardner Minshew, and that feels about right. You can't make him something ridiculous like 500 to 1. Because if Hertz gets knocked out by a rogue hit on the first drive of the game, Minshew comes into the game and he plays with low expectations. If he plays a decent game and the Eagles find their way to a win, Minshew is almost automatically the front runner for MVP, regardless of what the game looked like or what anybody else's stats looked like because he was such an unexpected hero. Like he is the beneficiary of low expectations in that case. He can't be 400 to 1. And he obviously isn't interesting to anybody at 40 to 1. So 125 to 1 feels about right. Kansas City's backup, Chad Henney, is 66 to 1. Uh, when you look at the market, he has the same number as guys like uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Dallas Goddard's 50 to 1. Chris Jones is 50 to 1. Juju Smith Schuster is 66 to 1. Chad Henney, 66 to 1. And it's not even guaranteed that he's going to take a snap in this game. Really interesting. And as far as I'm aware, no one has bet it so far. Last I checked, 0.0% of bets are on Henney to win MVP. So there might literally be no one at BetMGM with a Chad Henney MVP ticket. Seems kind of interesting. Seems like a defensive move, putting him this, uh, putting this, his uh, his odds this low, high in the table. 
It says a lot about Mahomes' health, I think. Or at the very least, it says a lot about the sportsbook's perception of Mahomes' health. Like I said, not, not super actionable. Definitely not telling you to go buy a Chad Henney Super Bowl MVP ticket. But something to think about when you circle back to which side of this game you want to bet next week, uh, considering how healthy Mahomes might be. All right, you know the deal. Airhorn means we're here to make money. Before we get you out of here in this episode, a couple of picks to think about. College basketball on Thursday, number 19, Florida Atlantic at UAB. The Owls have a 20-game winning streak coming into this game, and right now I'm seeing it as a pick'em. If Jordan Walker plays for UAB, I'm on the Blazers. If Jordan Walker does not play, I'm not betting the game. Also, let's stay in Thailand, where we made quite a bit of money back during Monday's Airhorn segment. Have fun counting all that cash. WTA Hua Hen, a.k.a. the Thailand Open. The one that's likely already been played by the time you are listening to this is Tatiana Maria versus Diana Yastrzemska. Maria is in excellent form, just won a small tournament in India. Yastrzemska has been a total mess for about seven months now, has lost 13 of 16 matches dating back to grass season last spring. For the life of me, I cannot figure out why Maria is only minus 175. I think it's a really bad line. I think a lot of these numbers for Thailand actually have been kind of soft on the favorites. So I'm on Maria Moneyline. I also like her laying the two and a half games. And if you're listening to this thinking, gee, Chase, this is great. I love all this easy tennis money you're giving out, but I'd sure like to hear it before the match is actually played. You're in luck. Follow me in the Action app. Get all these bets pushed right to your phone as I make them. You're welcome. As for the play that likely hasn't gone yet, uh, this one's Thursday night. Chinese player Lin Zhu, who we already bet once earlier in the week. She is playing the Slovenian Tamara Zadancic. Once again, Zhu is in way, way better form. She is the clear favorite here. Kind of shocking to see her at only minus 165. Easy play for me. You can also lay the two and a half games for minus 125 if you're looking for something a little richer. And there you go. Two plays, kind of two and a half, three plays, two plays, however you want to call that. That's it for this episode of Lines Edge. We'll be back here next Monday, midday. I'm waiting for some stats that are going to come out early Monday, so I'm going to wait to get those before I record. Kind of a reset the market, uh, reset the conversation, talk about line movement, talk about ticket splits and all that stuff, and uh, we'll get into some other uh, smaller, more exotic markets as well props later next week that is the path to super bowl 57 i hope you enjoyed this episode of the lion's edge good luck with your bets this weekend and looking ahead to the super bowl i'll talk to you next week until then take it easy